due to COVID-19, half a million people could experience mental health problems. However, this is not a new problem for the UK or for universities. One in four people will experience a mental health issue of some kind during their lifetime, and it is only getting worse. Suicide rates also rose by 10.9% in 2018. This is a growing problem amongst our students. Between 2008 and 2017, the number of adults that experienced serious psychological distress in the last month increased among most age groups, with the largest increases being seen amongst younger adults aged 18 to 25, and that increase being 71%. Notably, rates of serious psychological distress increased by 78% among adults aged 20 to 21 during the time period. I'm your host, Alexander Dennis, and welcome to POI Podcasts. So this week, I'm joined by Josh Tyrrell of the Conservatives, Max Anderson of the Liberal team and Zoe Olsen-Groom of Labour. The first question is for you, Josh, as you wrote the source article that we're going to be working from. Essentially, my question to you is just an opener. How do you see things? How do you see the current situation that our year group is going into in relation to COVID? What, what, are, what are the main issues that we're going to be facing this year? Uh, the issues are ranging and come in all shapes and sizes and I think that's one of the difficulties with a topic like this obviously everyone will have different experiences being at different universities but personally I think more needs to be done to highlight and signpost mental health resources to students I know that sometimes freshers so incoming students get um, specifically tailored emails and things like that but um, I've spoken to a few who have come to Exeter and I haven't heard much being done I don't think they've been supported enough and these are really trying times when for all the societies and different academic organizations that you can join at university you're having to meet them virtually and you might not feel comfortable with that you might not be aware of it and things like that and I think more needs to be done to support the students especially at this very early stage of their um, adult lives so mm -hmm. to speak okay and so next question is for you let's carry on with the freshers theme second and third years they've already made you know quite a few friends perhaps that will really get them through this tough time those freshers probably won't know very many people what types of things would you look to introduce to help these these new students um well first yeah. off i think i'd um try to get like on a society level more just encourage and help societies um, run like regular, like even weekly sort of um, casual socialising events. So not just, I, I'm not sure what um, many societies have planned, but just, yeah, just getting your freshers like interacting, um, find ways to organise in-person stuff like in a safe, socially distanced way. Um, I think a lot of support needs to be given to societies as like the sort of almost the front line um, and they have the most uh, contact and everything. So that's, I think, a big priority. Okay. Okay. And Max, obviously rounding out, um, how bad has COVID been for mental health specifically amongst students? Well, first, I'd like to say to Zoe, I completely agree with her point there and saying that we need to really help societies at this moment in time because... That, that's so much what university is about, is joining societies, whether or not you go and play rugby, whether or not you're, you're playing cricket, tennis, or, you know, just joining the 93% club, you know, 
whatever society it is, it is fantastic for getting you out. Because in first year, it can be, as I'm sure all of us know, a bit boring. You know, there's not much to do. Mm. And I think it is incredibly important that we offer a really good platform for these societies to go ahead. Because I don't know about you guys, I think I would have lost my mind if I didn't have some of the societies like rugby going on to just simply get me out of the house as well uh, and go and meet new people. It's fantastic. So I completely agree with Zoe's point there. Um, talking about how bad COVID's been, oh, it's been dreadful. I think we, we've got to simply accept that. You know, we see a huge increase, uh, well, huge exodus of London because people are trying to move uh, for um, bigger houses, bigger areas to try and sort of, uh, combat their mental health it, half a million people i think it's reckoned will have new mental health issues just because of covid it is not a human nature to sit inside all day every day yeah i know everyone loves sitting inside watching netflix i love it too but you know when that happens day one day five day 100 it really starts to mess with you and i think it is incredible it's even more important that we address the issues that universities have when surrounding mental health Okay, and um, my next question, I'd like to start with Josh, but it's an open question, really. At university for students, is the mental health crisis that we seem to be going through, is that the university's responsibility or the government's responsibility? Who should be footing, footing the bill on this? Uh, just um, when you do your research online, there's um, Student Minds, which is the major UK mental health um, charity, but there's also quite a few resources on UCAS and I haven't seen these publicised or anywhere um, in the news recently but I think they're a great way to help encourage people um, to identify ways that they can cope and try and vary their day-to-day routine especially given at the height of lockdown people may have been indoors 24-7 thinking oh it's not safe for me to go outside when in fact depending on where you live it can be quite safe or at least there can be precautions you can take or different activities you can do that can enable you to get that fresh air that you need to get a clear headspace and things like that so i think seeing these resources but um having to go and dig them out myself makes me feel like universities need to be doing their own research and publicizing these but also the government could have put in packages in place there's a really interesting point made um in the responses to my article by um Libby and Max Ingleby and they say that it's as well as mental health that needs addressing and it's interesting because obviously we've had the obesity drive but could that not have been aligned maybe with mental health I know obviously eating disorders some would say are as much physical as they are mental um I think almost you could say in hindsight that they've missed a trick there the government so I don't think there's one right answer but there's certainly a give and take between governments and universities and UCAS and other companies like that. Okay, and and Zoe, how do you view things? Do you think it's the, it's the government that should really be stepping up on this, or do you think it's the individual universities that should be that should be working with their students? Uh, I'm going to sit on the fence and say both, um, because it's the the university has a duty of care, and that so does the government, and neither are really doing enough. Um, I'm a welfare sex this year and in this week alone the problems I've seen from freshers already and they've received no support, I've received no training and it is doing exactly what Josh has done. I'm trying to find the resources 
myself online and forward them on to students like freshers and there's been no like nothing from university there's no government-led projects or anything uh yeah so i think it's both i would like to come in here and kind of also you know raising that point of education in terms of us being educated to try and help deal with problems and try and help people who need the problem uh, who, who have problems and I think there's such a big problem at the moment, especially in how mental health is viewed. It's viewed as it's either two things, anxiety or depression. And as Josh kind of makes it, that that's almost like it's becoming good now to the fact that you feel you can go and tell people. But if you went and told someone, you went and told a mate, well, as you said, they wouldn't know how to deal with it because it's it's incredibly hard. But second of all, it's so defined as just anxiety and depression. Those two in itself are so unbelievably broad. I mean, you, it's incredible to suggest that they fit into two pockets. But let's not forget that there's millions of other things. You might have addiction. You might just have, you know, you might not have anxiety or depression, but you might have serious mental health issues with surrounding your family and your home life or ad- abuse. And, you know, I think we really have to try and in any way that it can. But I think particularly this is also down to the government, I would say, that it's there lack of ability to support the NHS in tr- or in education at a younger pre-university level to help. Mm. And I think, you know, it's universities aren't great. I'm, I'm not saying they're not, but at least they try, I suppose. They try their best, but they're pretty terrible. But we'll just, <laughs> you know, but the government is literally doing nothing. And, you know, you see you kind of, it's great to kind of look at this question of oh, what who should do more. Well, both obviously need to be doing more, but the government needs to be doing something because one in ten yeah. people aren't being uh, one. Only one in ten people are being treated for mental health issues in the UK, and that on the NHS, and that is awful. That that's a stat that actually happens. It's not as black and white as that as well, which makes it all the more difficult. That's why I think um, the obesity drive alongside sort of a mental health scheme to support students, young people, old people if they need it, everyone who's feeling all sorts of different emotions going through lockdown would have been a really good scheme. It would have been really successful, executed correctly. And that's something as a as a conservative you don't always like to say, but there have <laughs> there have been sort of mismanagements over lockdown. Um so Josh you, you... I do agree with my peers that it's definitely give and take universities and the government it can't be one or the other the government maybe should be um stressing the importance of the university playing a role for students coming in for their first years um but you know universities are meant to be part of well meant to be um built on some of the best and brightest so they should be able to work it out themselves as well i think it's a difficult one. Are you, are you saying, Josh, then the universe, uh, the government obesity plan has been handled really badly? So I just want to clarify for, for me, just so I know. Is that, is that what you're saying? I don't know if I'd say really badly, but I'd say it was poorly executed and mistimed. Those, that, that, if you're going to quote me, those would be, that's how I'd put it. <laughs> uh, I know what you're fishing for, Max. <laughs> and just on, just on that idea of it's, you know, the government's responsibility to step up in terms of perhaps the NHS and mental health, what tangible things could they be doing? Um, Zoe, the first thing I'd probably go for you, what physical things could the government implement now that will help our cohort going forward? Um, Well, for starters, I can't remember who mentioned it, but even putting together packs for 
the entire population that is um, showing people where to get information for themselves because you don't want a massive sort of um, campaign and then um, loads of people putting more stress on services. But if you can, like, just get any help to people and packs, like, um, packs with resources is a really good way of getting in contact with people um, and having them tailored to different groups because it's each um, group in society has its own obstacles and stresses and issues and you can't just have sort of blanket uh, solutions. Mm -hmm. I think I get what this is maybe my frustration when it comes to mental health and I get completely where Zoe's coming from here that we need to be providing you know as you said packs but let's be honest that's honestly not going to be doing no. much I mean it I, look this this is not an this okay there's one very easy thing that needs to happen it's called money it yeah. needs to be pumped into the right areas and be given you know the right treatment counselors need to be brought on mass into the even if you go to univer- the university like most universities are struggling for the amount of counselors uh, so what do you need to do you need to try and include you need more money into those departments mm. this is not a there's it, it's not like these can't be dealt with because how um therapists have if, you know understanding mental health has increased drastically yeah. in the last 20 to 30 years it's getting to a point you know whether or not you need to be put on drugs or whether or not you just need to talk out your problems and get into those deep psychiatric problems that, that can be done now it's, it's not a, it's not this is not an issue of can we fix this problem yes or no yes we can and it should and i wish it was and we were a better educated society in terms of you could go and ask your mate and he could help you yeah it's great but actually getting to the depths of your problems is not something you should obviously go and talk to your mates because if uh, you know they're the easiest people to go and talk to but sometimes they can't do stuff and what is needed is more therapy sessions provided for people who need it and also an easy link and an easy route to go and find that because going in and saying i think i might have mental health problems into the nhs is quite hard so maybe there also needs to be a, a line dedicated to mental health issues that are purely um, a, a section of the nhs that is purely built to dealing with mental health because it is completely different from dealing with a physical injury mental health and physical injury if you if you chopped off your foot now, you'd be going to the you know NHS to go and get it sorted. But if you, you know, you're sitting there with anxiety or depression or whatever you have in terms of and how varied they are, just even talking to someone about that can be extremely stressful and painful and hurtful. And even if you're addicted, like let's say you're addicted, you know, you're never going to admit to yourself. Most people don't admit to themselves they have it until it's way too late. Um, Max, just, getting, I, just I think, getting back to the point on something you drew on was the importance yeah. of making people feel like mental health, regardless of time frame and things like that, it can be something that is tackled by a group or by you and a therapist. It can be something like a battle that you can win, I think. I think that's important to make people feel like there can be success in the process, but the problem is there isn't enough um, stability or understanding in the system that students can go to resources and there can be constructive debate constructive conversations and it can lead to the bettering of someone's outlook on themselves on things around them and on life in general 
And Josh, I completely agree, but that's the failure of the structure that's been put in place, isn't it? Yeah. It, you know, whether or not yeah. you're... It, it, it's, it's frustrating it's, it's because both... Uni- the problem is, this year, more than anything, it hasn't been it hasn't been thought after but it's something that regardless people need to accept is a bigger issue than it will have been in previous years everyone comes to university and they may find it difficult in the first few weeks to settle some people obviously find it really easy but this year there's got to be an appreciation for the fact that the majority of people just they aren't able to feel normal they aren't able to be their social bubbly selves because they're online meeting people on zoom and things like that and it's not the same it's artificial and it's log in log out and it's not like oh hi oh goodbye Mm. and i I would like to also kind of add to that issue because it's not always face-to-face but when it's not face-to-face there are issues i'm going to mention about you know you know rugby they're trying like say for rugby i know for example they're trying to keep it in groups of 10 you know when they're playing and practicing now if you're a fresher you turn up and you're you know you're not the best player in the world you know i remember turning up for when i turned up for freshers i wasn't exactly you know <laughs> bright haired you know it, 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 the best of the best but you know because there were so many people there it was a really good mixture of quality you know you felt a bit you could settle in and you're, you're fine you could you know because you're in these tens you could be playing against someone who's really good it's not just in rugby though it could be you know, uh, tennis, if you're, you know, if you're going to go and try out for tennis and you're, you're only playing three or four people, you might be playing the best people in the university and that crushes your confidence. You're not turning back up again. It, you know, if you, that, and I think this is whether, let's say, you go and do hockey and, you know, you're in groups of 11, you know, and you're, you're only playing with really great, great people and maybe you would have made a team, but it's going to knock your confidence and then you're not going back out. And I th- yeah, I, I see why, and I see it, obviously all I this understand is your point, Max, but I think but... that's more about a society's sort of own decision-making processes and who's in charge of that. That's that's not that's not no, no that, that, that's due to COVID. That's that's due to COVID. That's a problem that is happening because of COVID. And I'm saying it's the same with it's almost the same as having a Zoom call with second and third years. Uh, I think, it's the same I think it's sort different of thing. if you're in a society when they're not able to sort of think right. We're not going to go pedal to the metal with training and things like that and ease everyone in if you're putting it in that context i think no i'm saying because of covid because of the current situation you're not in a, a larger group so when, when, you're, matter, when I, you go to training it's, it, so it's if not I'm you, you it's could not be about the group though if you identify okay what are people comfortable with and you don't throw them in too ridiculously you know i mean i've organized a bike ride for some freshers and uh, other people part of my club tomorrow and it's leisurely it's not um you know training with goals in mind like you might be suggesting and i think you know if a society can't identify that that's not something you can blame on covid okay just to just jump in brings brings zoe back in <laughs> one thing that obviously stresses students out no matter the year is is great you know essays exams presentations and the like do you think there should be mitigating circumstances this this term particularly for for grades um i think it should be something that can be accessed i think um kind of reading um the article and responses um there was a lot about communication but i think accessibility in this whole issue is massive and i think yes mitigating circumstances or mitigation needs to be there and publicized and people need to even just having the knowledge that 
there is something that you can do about uh, some coursework um, is a huge comfort. And I think it, I think it does need to be there. I think people, there needs to be a lot of empathy um, and the like systems in place to actually embody that. Okay, and and Josh, how how would you view these things? You know, a devil's advocate might say that devalues the grade. Some others might say that it's important in terms of meeting parity with other years. How how do you view uh, mitigation? It's, yeah, it's interesting both of those um, comments you made because obviously you don't want to devalue a grade, but at the same time you want a grade to reflect the circumstances in which the degree, the assessment, the essay is taken. And I think these are unprecedented times, so it's there's no one way to get it right and the fact that different universities have done different things yeah. um they did different things at the end of last year before um lockdown in march um just shows how difficult it's going to be to navigate for obviously final years uh postgrads masters things like that um but on your other point i think i think it is about sort of just making sure that um the degree still feels valuable because um you don't want to undermine it. You want people to still feel like their um, grade is a fair reflection of themselves uh, in comparison to people at their university, but also people at other universities, because, you know, um, it's the old sort of, you'd expect it, but everyone's fighting um, to get grad jobs and, you know, the hunt's already on to see where you are, the summer you finish and things like that. Okay. I think... I get what Josh is saying here. Like, I do. But at the same time, it's almost... Everyone's going to be looking for their best grades. So I, I don't think people will mind... Can I ask a question to you, Josh? Are you talk... When you're talking about how they feel in terms of what they're... they've got, do you mean are these the people who have taken mitigation or haven't taken mitigation? I'm saying, I'm saying well, at different universities, they've either given you a blanket grade if you're... Um, if you just finished your first year and you're coming into your second year, because first year at most universities doesn't count towards your final degree. Um, but if you're in your second year, obviously um, it does. So you want to make sure that within your faculty and also compared to someone else who studies the same course at a different university, you're not being disadvantaged because at the end of the day, it's a dogfight to get a graduate job and you want to make sure that your grade um, doesn't reflect um, uh, okay, but okay. So you you're, might have you're... had to do online learning, to do online assessments, and other things like that, because obviously it doesn't suit everyone. And yes, there is a lot of flexibility and adjustment that people and students and everyone in society needs to be made. But there's only so much you can ask for them, especially um, given we're talking about mental health. Exams obviously are something that that plague all of us, and also to a certain extent alcohol is something that's seen as enshrined within the university experience i know not for all but for the vast majority binge drinking is kind of almost a weekly reality zoe how do you see the problematic link between between alcohol and mental health at university specifically during the covid context um i think it is too focused on in um, societies and socials. I think we need to move away from um, socials being regarded as alcohol-based events. Um, when you think of social, you, you'll think of going out um, and then later, yeah, going to the club and with, as you say, binge drinking. And we need to move more to an emphasis um, 
of non-alcohol socials, which is happening, but needs to happen more and become more normalised, basically. Mm -hmm. And Josh, just to bring you in, is there a risk that with being cooped up in our in our homes for, for, for extended periods of time, that alcohol consumption will, will go up? We found it in the older population. Do you think it will also happen with, with the younger population? And how would that affect the mental health? Um, I think it's a really different difficult one because you obviously don't want to make a generalization um as someone who's quite comfortable going to a social sober um it it, it really feel, feels like it would skew my view with what i would say on that but i think you know it all depends on the sort of culture and whether people are sort of taking risks and having friends over um if they're doing that they're obviously much more likely to be drinking and um it's also the case with people going out and socializing in parks and other things like that um trying to be out the way so there's always going to be the element of um alcohol in the university experience even this year um whether it's inside and isolated or um the opposite and i think um it's difficult to comment on the mental health side of it but i'll just say that um experiencing it within a social scene at sort of like clubs i always find it difficult to understand why some people um do binge drink because it can cause heightened emotions and a lot of stress and overthinking of different situations and things like that and um it really is sort of a downward spiral for some people and um it's good that you're questioning it yeah okay and max just to just to round the podcast off do you have any thoughts on alcohol and mental health and student body i think it's important to realize the harm that alcohol can do I, i'm not I'm not so much on the extent to what Zoe's saying and said, because I, a lot of people do want to go out and drink. Drink is a lot of fun. And, you know, but there's a lot of people who still want to be past that. But I completely agree there should be a, a bit more of a normalisation of people accepting if you want to go out, you don't necessarily have to drink. I mean, it, we've got to remember that, you know, not everybody will feel in the mood, but they'll still want to go out and they'll stop, be stopped from being able to do that. So I think it's an understanding for both. I'm not, I think most people, most students are, you know, they don't, I, I, I think, but I'm not sure. I don't know the exact stats are decently, they're not drinking by themselves. Um, they're socially drinking, which I think is slightly more improved. Um, but I think it should be allowed that, you know, if you don't want to drink at a social, you don't, you shouldn't have to, because not everybody really wants to, and they still want to go out. So I do agree with, just to add on to what I was saying in um, that comment, I'm I'm not saying um, like uh, sort of socials. Um, I I don't just mean like your um, your standard social. I mean that that you should have more more like daytime socials that aren't um, aren't kind of in sort of very niche societies. So I think uh, sort of non-alcohol, if you will, socials should be a bigger part of say sports societies and stuff where drinking isn't like the central thing and that doesn't necessarily have to translate into like evening socials basically but yeah no completely agree <laughs> okay perfect well thank you thank you very much all of you that's all from us this week here at poi podcast i've been your host alexander and we've been joined by max zoe and josh we'll see you next week <laughs>